This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Have you ever wondered why it just seems that good people, I mean really good people, friends of yours, maybe a neighbor, maybe someone you go to church with, work with, someone that you associate with at your children's school, they're good people. And they just have some horrible thing happen in their life. Please stay tuned today to Getting to Know Your Bible as we discuss why bad things happen to good people. They do happen, but why? Is there any explanation? Please stay tuned. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we continue to offer free Bible Correspondence Course. And I want to emphasize it's free. I know I've had people to call and say, now what does it really cost? Well, nothing. My wife was answering phones one night during the show and someone called and said, let me go get my credit card. And she said, why do you need that? She said, to pay for the course. She said, you'll not need your credit card because it's free. We want to pause long enough that you can learn more about the course and how you can receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. My wife and I have some dear friends who lost a child when he was six years of age. He was playing one Sunday afternoon around a neighbor's truck, a truck that had a sliding door that would come from top to the bottom. And some way he triggered that door and it came down on his head. And about a week later, he died. Such a good family, a family that had already endured some hard licks in life. And it just made me wonder, why is it that things happen to people like that? Why, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, the fact is, none of us are exempt whether we're good or bad. None of us are exempt from having trouble in our lives. And so long as we live in this old world, we're going to have our share of bumps and bruises. In Job chapter 5 and verse 7, the, the Bible reads like this, Man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. I used to wonder, what does that mean? Well, I got to thinking about it just from a logical standpoint, and, and the sparks and the fly fire always go up. Have you ever noticed someone with a fire in their fireplace and their sparks coming out the chimney? They go up. And just as certain as the sparks from a fire go up, 
is just that certain that as long as you live in this old world, you're going to have your share of problems. In Job 14 and 1, there the Bible reads like this, Man that is born of woman is a few days, and he's full of trouble. We just have a few days, but in those few days that we have in this life, you're going to have your share of problems. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 4, Paul there made this statement, We that are in this body or this tabernacle do groan being burdened. So long as you live in this old flesh and blood body, this, this thing called the body of man, you're going to have some things that will cause you to, to, to burdens and, and, and trouble in your life. That's just living. When I think about someone that had his share of problems, I, I can't help but think of Job. Job is described in the book of Job as being such a good man, the greatest man of the East, you know, and and, and he was a wonderful man in so many ways. He's described that way at least. But Job experienced problems. Job lost everything that he had. Can, can you imagine losing everything? He lost all of his cattle. He lost all of his children. Job, Job even lost his health. And along comes his wife to encourage him. And she said... Why don't you just curse God and die? Oh, that's the kind of encouragement we don't need. And then here come some of Job's friends along, and, and this is in essence what they said to Job. You know, Job, you must have done something terribly wrong for all of this bad stuff to be happening to you. But have you ever thought about how Job reacted to all of those problems? Job said... Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. He said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the last few verses of Job chapter 1, it closes by saying, In all of this, Job, sin not, nor charge God foolishly. Job suffered. In Job chapter 5 and verse, or rather James chapter 5 and verse 11, the, James says, You have heard of the patience of Job and the end of the Lord. In all of his, his suffering, in all of the problems that he had, unbelievable problems, Job exhibited patience and he maintained his faith in God. And God blessed him as a result of it. When I think of someone else that had a lot of problems, I think of the Apostle Paul. Paul was in prison when he wrote the Philippian letter. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12, he said, I would have you to understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel. Here he was in prison and chained to an audience. And so while he was in prison, Paul used that as an opportunity to teach, to preach. But not only that, those that were on the outside were emboldened by the Apostle Paul's attitude. He said, what happened to me? What happened to you, Paul? I've been put in prison. I've been put in jail. I don't deserve this, but I've been put in prison for preaching the gospel. And he said, but it's turned out to be some good in it. It's fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel. Over in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 
And in verse number 8 and verse number 9, listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote. We are troubled on every side, yet not perplexed. We are perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. Paul was knocked down, but he wasn't knocked out. You see, he had trouble in his life. And, but Job had trouble in his life. Paul had trouble in his life. But they overcame all of those difficulties with faith in God. But have you ever wondered what kinds of trouble we have? What are the kinds of problems that we experience in life? They come in different, uh, different ways. Uh, and, and to illustrate that, let, let's go back to the 14th chapter of Matthew. And this is the occasion when Jesus was walking on the water. Now, if you studied the Bible at all, you're familiar with the occasion when Jesus was walking out on the water. The disciples were in the boat and they saw Jesus coming out on the water, walking to them. And in that story are illustrated the kinds of problems that we have in life. One of those is imaginary problems. When they saw Jesus walking on the water, you know what they said? It is a spirit. It is a spirit. That's what they thought. That's what they imagined. But then Jesus said, no, no, it's, it's, it's me, it is me. A lot of the problems we have in life are imaginary. A lot of things that we think are happening are not happening at all. Have you ever been a home alone, and some of you live alone, and, and you can appreciate this in your home at night, and it's quiet, and then you hear a noise, and you don't know the, the, the source of that noise, and and you, you begin to imagine, you, you suppose there's someone outside? You, you suppose someone's trying to break in the house? or you, you begin to imagine all kinds of things. And you know if a house is an older house, it can sort of creak at night. And, and you begin to hear those noises and you begin to imagine things. Or maybe you see two people standing and they're talking and, and they have their heads together and they're speaking kind of quietly and you see them and, and you begin to imagine they must be talking about me when the fact is they may not even have you in mind at all and maybe one of them is sharing a problem that they have with the other. You see, we imagine a lot of our troubles but a lot of our problems are, are real problems. Now the storm they were in and that boat was a real problem. There wasn't one single thing imaginary about it. And a lot of the problems that we experience in life are so real. Maybe your home burns during the night and you lose everything that you ever worked for. There's not anything imaginary about that. That's not unreal. It's very real. And here's a tornado that goes through town and it leaves devastation everywhere. It leaves lives lost. There isn't anything imaginary. That's a real problem. Maybe you make some investments and you lose everything that you had invested. 
you just lose it all overnight. And you feel so helpless about all of that. There isn't anything unreal about that. That's a real problem. Or maybe you have a death in your family. That's a real problem. Some of you have experienced all of these things that I'm talking about. That's real trouble. Another kind of trouble that we have in our lives is trouble that's of our own doing. Or sometimes it's the doing of other people. Now I think about Peter. Peter's in that boat. He sees Jesus walking on the water. And Peter says, You know, Lord, let me walk on the water with you. And sometimes we say that the only person ever walked on the water was Jesus. But that technically is correct, but it's not correct. Because for a time, Peter walked on the water. And as Peter was walking on that water, he started looking at the waves instead of the Lord of the waves, and he began to sink. You see, that was a problem of his own doing. And so many of the troubles we have in our lives are, are of our own doing because of decisions that we've made. I think the greatest power that we have is the power of choice. And we have the choice, to, the, the power to choose to do good things or things that are not good for us. And when we make poor decisions, you're going to re, there, there's going to be some repercussions from all of that. For instance, here's a person who chooses to live a life of the abuse of alcohol. And in the many years that I've been preaching, I have talked and counseled with many, many people who struggle with the use of alcohol. They, they didn't start out with an intention of ruining their life and hurting their bodies, hurting their families and hurting other people. No. It started out so innocent. But they made a decision one day to choose that life. And as a result, their health is ruined. They lose their job. They lose their family. They lose their home. They lose it all. Unless they should repent and get their lives right with God, they could lose their souls. But the reason they're having that kind of problem, it was of their own doing. It was a poor decision they made. And sometimes people do other things that, that bring terrible repercussions in their lives, hard repercussions, because of decisions that they have made. Sometimes those problems come because someone else made a poor decision. Maybe we didn't make it. Someone else made that decision. For example, here's a family that gets killed out on the highway in an accident. And the, and the accident report reveals alcohol was involved, not with the family that was killed, but with the driver. You see, someone suffered because of a poor decision someone else made. But you see, problems come into our lives in different ways. Some of them are imaginary problems, some of them are real. And so many of the problems we, tr uh, we have in this life are because of decisions that we have made. They are of our own doing. You say, well now, why do we have trouble? And I wish that I had a, 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 an answer that would satisfy everyone who's watching right now. I'm thinking now of a passage in the Old Testament 
It's found in the book of Judges, chapter 6, and verse 13. And this is the question. If the Lord be for us, why then is all of this befallen us? You know, it's not wrong to ask why. Why? Here's a, a wife that loses her husband. They, they've only been married just a short time. And he, he contracts some disease that takes his life. And she asks, why? Why did this happen? Here's a family that has had a number of children, and one of those children begins to lead and live a life that is such a disappointment to this family. And they ask themselves, why? It's not wrong to ask why. Jesus even asked why. You remember when Jesus was on the cross? And, and, and there are seven sayings of Jesus while He was on that cross. And one of them was this. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus even asked why. So if you've been asking why did this happen, why did that happen, it's not wrong. But, but I've been trying to answer that question for people for a long, long time. And I don't, I'm not certain that I can answer it to your satisfaction. I do know, however, some of the blessings that come from our bruises. I'd rather think about that, hadn't you? I'd rather think about the good that can come when I go through some difficult part of my life. So let's think about what are some of those things that are good for us that happen in our lives when trouble comes? And one of those things is it's a testing of our faith. You say, well, I have strong faith. How do you know you have faith? Has your faith ever been put to the test? There isn't anything that will test your faith any more than the putting in the fiery furnace of trouble. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 7. Listen to what the Apostle Peter wrote. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We don't really know how strong our faith is until we've been put into the furnace of fire until trouble comes in our lives. You know, James chapter 1 and verses 2 to 4 reads, Count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. And, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Trouble builds strong faith. I think about the area of the country where I live, which is on the greater Gulf Coast. 
And, and I live in southern Alabama, which is right on the, the uh, Gulf of Mexico. And so one of the things that we have come our way are, are hurricanes. And here's an observation that I have made over the years in the aftermath of some of those storms. And it has to do with trees. I remember this going back to 1979 when Frederick came pounding the, the Gulf Coast. After it was over, I noticed that there were some trees that were uprooted. I mean trees maybe that had been growing for a hundred years and they were just torn up uprooted and then there were others that might have even been smaller trees but those trees weathered the storm oh they may have been leaning uh, in the, against the wind uh, after the, that was over and I've seen some of them that were leaning as though the wind were still blowing against them but they were still standing up now what's the difference in the two trees they both were pounded with a storm, but one had shallow roots. The other had roots that were deep in the earth and was able to withstand the storm. It takes a faith that is strong, deeply rooted faith to withstand temptation and trouble in life. We see, one of the blessings that we have is that we we have our faith strengthened and encouraged uh, when we have trouble in our life. One of the things, another thing, the blessing that comes out of trouble is that we develop patience. You've heard of the patience of Job, James chapter 5 and verse 11. I don't think I'd been very patient had I been Job to you, but it caused him to learn to be patient. But it also builds character when trouble comes. In the 119th Psalm and verse 71, David said, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Let's put it into modern day language. It's good for me that I have trouble everywhere I turn in life. It's good for me because it's going to cause me to learn the statutes and the word of the living God. It's going to help build character in my life. Uh, that's not the way that we normally think about trouble, is it? And we begin to, to feel so sorry for ourselves and we have a pity party, thinking, poor me. But I don't believe that's the way that we re should react when trouble comes in our lives. It's good for us in that it helps to build strong character, strong faith, strong perseverance in our lives. Another blessing that comes out of trouble in our lives is that it prepares us to help other people. I think all of us deep down inside want to help other people. Now let me direct your attention now to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And uh, let me start reading in verse 2. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father 
and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And notice this now. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Isn't that a nice, isn't that good? Listen, let me read that again. I love this. The Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. Some of you need some comfort right now. Some of you have gone through a divorce. Some of you maybe have experienced a death in your family. All kinds of difficulties. You need some a comforter right now. God is the comfort. He comforts up. Is the comforter of us all. Notice verse four. Who comforts us in all our tribulation? Some of it, no. All of it. All of it. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort where we we ourselves are comforted of God. What does that mean? God is a comforter. He comforts our hearts when we have trouble in our lives. And as a result of Him comforting me, I can turn around and comfort others with the same comfort that I have received from God. I can pass it on. I can recall as a young beginning preacher when I was called on to conduct funeral services for someone in the congregation who had died, that I could stand there without a great deal of emotion. But not now. Because I've had my heart broken and God has comforted me. That's put me in a better position to be a comforter of others. I don't know all of the answers to comfort, to, to suffering. I know there are a lot of people that, that struggle with that today. But let us understand that God is a God who understands us. He wants to help us. And may we never take our eyes off of Him. Let me urge you to become a New Testament Christian by believing on Jesus, by repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ, by being baptized into Christ because Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580 
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.